0: Hi everybody, I'm Josh. And I'm Brett. If you're looking for a different horror podcast, one that stands out from the rest... Well, don't look here. <laughs> Absolutely not. Every week we talk about our favorite horror movies and some of our favorite aspects of those horror movies. So that's something that interests you, check us out. The only thing that sets us apart is that it's us. So if you like the sound of our voices, check us out at The Evil Desk Podcast, wherever it is that you find podcasts. G'day, g'day, g'day. Don't skip. Let me interrupt the podcast that you're currently listening to with some blatant self-promotion what do you get when you mix two Aussie mates a splash of booze or more than a splash and some microphones you get cheers big ears hosted by myself the Chad, and my mate matt and sometimes but more often than not now my missus bobby it's a podcast of adult beverages and not so adult conversation it's not serious far from it well except for that one episode but that was just that one we're available wherever you get your podcast fix cheers big ears I'm a sea king, a CGI thing I'm here to eat and bare my teeth and shake a tail everybody, welcome back to another episode of Bucket of Chum, the Shark Movie Podcast. As always, I am your host, Steve Coates, and this week, we are talking about Sharkenstein, from 2016, directed by Mark Polonia. That is right, Spooky Sharktober concludes with Sharkenstein, and I'm dedicating this episode to a patron, Artie's Angels, who is also a friend of mine, and uh, he absolutely loves this movie, and so do I, which is why I picked it, and I wanted to save the best for last, uh, for Spooky Sharktober. So, Artie's Angels, aka Jordan, one of my childhood friends, this one is for you. And you're probably wondering, Steve, why didn't you do Sharky Law for Spooky Sharktober? Well, I already did Sharkula on another podcast, the HorrorCraft Podcast. A uh, shout-out to our other patron, Cassandra Lee from the HorrorCraft Podcast. So if you want to go and listen to my thoughts on that, go check out their episode. I mean, frankly, I'll probably be doing it next year for Spooky Sharktober. I don't know yet, but uh, we'll see. I'll definitely be covering it at some point. But yeah, I I think we had a pretty good mix of movies. Certainly uh, some unexpected Things. Uh, I mean, there was Curse of the Dream Witch, the Nightmare Shark fiasco. Zombie Shark ended up being a, a surprise hit for me. So, yeah, this has been fun. And uh, don't forget, in November, we're doing Retro November as well. And I don't know if I've announced it on here yet, but I may as well. In December, I am doing Piranha December. So all of December is going to be Piranha movies. Enough about the future Let's start getting back into Sharkenstein, and let's start with the poster expectations. It's Polonia Brothers, okay? So the fighter jets and the surfing bikini babes are not going to be in this movie. However, I am expecting a stitched-together shark and really just fun nonsense. Now, the shark on the cover is not what the shark is going to look like. I know that. But I still want it to look cool. I still want it to look like what I think Sharkenstein should look like. But there is nothing else left to do but... Let's dive in. So, the movie starts off with flashes of, like, the actual Frankenstein story. And it just starts off with this big block of text. So, I'll read that out first. Throughout the ages, one legend has survived the span of time, never dying, never stopping, and always terrifying. The Frankenstein monster, born of mankind's greed and desire to play God, to create life from parts of the dead. The monster has been killed and reborn over the centuries, its heart and brain indestructible. No one could have predicted the most bizarre experiment yet. Germany, winter, 1942. Yeah, it's another German shark experiment movie. Although, how many of... I'm trying to think. Post... No, post-apocalyptic shark commando was Russian. Sky Sharks was Nazis. I feel like there was one other movie where the Nazis were involved, and I just can't remember right now. It's going to come to me halfway through this episode. I'll just shout it out, probably. We see a submarine emerging from the sea... And then in a lab two scientists are confronted by some soldiers asking them to turn over all their work as it's it hasn't been sanctioned by the government. The soldiers shoot them and they collect the body parts and paperwork on the experiments. The sub goes back into the water. We're seen uh, on a map that it travels to the US. The sub emerges again as a plane lands on the water and the soldiers load the case with the experiments onto the plane. And then we get our title card Sharkenstein. What's happening? I don't fucking know. I mean, the Nazis have stolen Frankenstein's um, heart and brain, and now they've given it to somebody in the U.S. during World War II. I don't know why, but it there it is. And then we get some stock footage of people swimming at the beach, bikini babes, buff dudes. And as I'm watching this footage, I think some of this footage was reused in either Sharkula or Cocaine Shark, I'm thinking definitely Cocaine Shark, maybe Doll Shark. I've definitely seen this footage before, like 100%. Which, I mean, yeah, I get it if you're the Polonia Brothers and you're doing things on a super tight budget, it makes sense to reuse some of the stock footage. But I guess when you're someone like me and you watch every single one of their fucking movies, it gets a little bit repetitive. But, alas, it's fine, I'll get over it. We see a sign for Catsman Cove as boats come and go from a marina. Now we're with Duke Larson, who is with Harbor Patrol. And this motherfucker is played by, like, the main drug dealer from Cocaine Shark. I'm fucking sure he's been in other Polonia movies. Basically, this movie just stars a bunch of other people from a bunch of other of his movies. So, yeah. So Duke radios in to tell dispatch he's going to patrol the harbor, and he asks if there's any updates on some missing boaters. Harbor Patrol tells him there's no update, but a few life uh, vests were found earlier floating in the water. Duke says they can't have a summer full of missing swimmers and boaters because that's bad for business. The dispatcher says, good job, Captain Obvious, and then Duke goes on patrol. Like, yeah, we, very clearly, although this Harbor Patrol lady just sounds like she just really doesn't enjoy her job, or just doesn't take it seriously, and I'm sure I've heard this voice, again, in other Polonia Brothers movies. I mean, we've probably seen this voice in person at some point, I'm just not sure who it is, and I didn't look it up, and I'm not going to, so, yeah. Next, we see the shark monster swimming underwater. And it's a practical shark, folks. It looks well, kind of what a sharkenstein or franken shark would look like. It looks like it's been sewed together using various other shark parts. So yeah, it it's a frankenstein shark. It's what you would expect. It's definitely not like a full sized shark. It is definitely puppet sized. Um, again, they do that for pretty much all of their movies, so it's fine. I appreciate it. it and this one is actually probably one of the better-looking ones I have seen in any of their movies. I definitely gave uh, Cocaine Shark some praise for using a little bit of stop-motion animation, but I think Sharkenstein is probably one of my favorite designs that they have done, uh, at least for a practical shark. So, yeah, good job, Polony Brothers. I appreciate you, you and your practical fix. Some woman is walking on the beach, she bends down to look at something and fucking Sharkenstein just appears out of nowhere and eats her. As in all Polonia Brothers movies, there is like maybe a splash of blood. Basically, we see the shark. It goes to the person. The person just kind of disappears as the shark opens its mouth and it's, the person's dead. So all of the deaths are pretty much like that. So I'm not going to describe everyone. And I think I say this all the time. But hey, if you're a new listener, now you know what's up. If you're an old listener... Thank you for listening to my rants. Now we're in a car with a few friends, driving, and it's a bunch of people I've seen in other Polonia Brothers movies, and these old fucks are trying to play, like, way younger versions of, like, who they actually are. Like, one gray-haired dad bod dressed like a dad dude is, like, wearing his hat sideways. Like, they're, they're dads. Like, they're dads, but they're wearing, like, their hats sideways or backwards, and, like, they're acting almost like college students, but they are... Very clearly not college students. I could maybe believe the female is a college student, maybe. But the other two guys, like, there is absolutely no fucking way. And I mean, listen, I'm an old guy that wears his hat backwards. So, like, that's not the point. The point is, I don't believe it when these people do it. I do not believe the characters they are trying to play. But again, it's probably played up for comedy, so I'm complaining about nothing. But, yeah, well, what the fuck are you going to do? So, in the car, we have Madge, Coop, and Skip. Yes, let me read those names again. Madge, Coop, and Skip. Like, we're in a fucking 80s skiing movie. Madge mentions her boyfriend, Jimmy, and then asks if either one of them would date her, and they're like, oh, hard no, definitely not. And I'm like, "Uh, I don't understand, because, like, these dudes are old old as fuck by the looks of it. Like, Madge wasn't a bad-looking gal. She was alright. So, I don't know, they're just being dicks fucking Coop and Skip. Although, with names like Coop and Skip, like, what the fuck else was I expecting? Them to be, like, scientists or something? Come on. Oh, hey, I'm Dr. Skip. I don't fucking think so. Oh, my name's Coop, and I'm the executive vice president of... Yeah, no, not fucking happening. Skip looks up Catsman Cove on his phone and discovers the news of the missing boaters. Madge asks if it's been too late to get their deposit back, and Coop says it is. Skip in the backseat. Can't believe he's gonna let that spooker. And, I mean, yeah, if you're going to, like, a destination spot... I would be a little concerned about missing people and whatnot, especially since, like, their main activity is going to be going out on the water boating. So, yeah, like, she has a very good point in being concerned about this, but fucking skip and coop. Fucking idiots. And then they point out some dude walking along the road with the fishing pool and say, look, he isn't scared. And then we follow this man to the water where he fishes, and uh, he says, oh, yeah, they're biting already. And then almost immediately he's eaten by Sharkenstein, leaving just a pair of feet and shoes on the dock, which is pretty great. I really like that part. But again, we kind of just see like the shark puppet jump over the dock, composite it in, and then the guy just like disappears and we see like a splash of blood, right? It's the same kind of deaths all the time. Sometimes some of them are a little bit cooler. This one was funny. I got a good laugh out of it. Like just his fucking feet left behind the dock. Just amazing. Back with fucking Duke on the water, he meets another fisherman, and they're looking at a pile of fucking guts, and Duke says it's a pile of shark parts from various sharks. He speculates maybe there's a bigger shark out there eating all the other sharks, and then the fisherman chimes in and says he hasn't seen anything like this before, and like there can't be anything bigger than a great white eating sharks. Well, I mean, we know orcas go after sharks, right? Like, I'm pretty sure orcas are actually an, an like a natural enemy of the great white shark at this point. So uh, I sort of understand what he's saying, but he's also kind of wrong. But it's a fucking movie, so I'm not going to dwell on it too much. And then fucking Duke comments, disappearing people, sharks eating sharks. The only thing missing from this story is a mad scientist. And so, of course, immediately we cut to like some fucking clip art, house on the water like it looks like they took pictures of other houses and then like composited it onto a waterfront it looks terrible again this is what their movies look like so right they stitch it together paste it on some water footage bam we got a lab and of course we see the mad scientist played by jeff kirkendall he is pretty much in every one of the polony brothers movies that i've seen so you'll If you watch these movies, you'll recognize him. If you don't, you're going to hear his name a lot. Anyways, his name is Klaus. He's talking into a microphone saying, Return! Return! And we see Scharkenstein swimming underwater. There's a Nazi flag hanging in the background as Klaus talks to the brain and the other uh, organ, the heart on the jar that we saw at the beginning and he's saying shit like, I'm going to finish what everyone started so long ago, and soon all his years of secret work will pay off, and he'll make his legion of warriors, and he has a feeling good fortune will be coming his way soon. Imagine the gang arrive at the marina and unpack their shit from the car. They find the boat they're looking for being driven by the director, Mark Polonia. Skip says he's got a bad feeling about this as they talk to the boat driver, and the driver just nods or shakes his head, so apparently this driver can't talk. They don't They they sort of address it, but, like, not at the same time they don't. It's just weird. So, yeah, he's just, he can't talk, I guess. Uh, I don't know. That's just his character. And then Madge chimes in and says, it's not like they'd send a psychopath to drive the boat, which seems, like, so mean, because it's like, yeah, he's just, like, he's mute. He can't talk. He's not a psychopath, but I don't know. Like, I don't know. I don't know. I got nothing for that. They ask permission to board, and the captain waves them on. And this boat has been in Doll Shark, Cocaine Shark, probably others. It's the same boat from both of those movies. Madge looks out at the water and makes her wonder what's under there. She ponders what happened to the missing boaters. She asks the driver, but he just does some hand signals and they continue driving. So like every time they talk to the driver, he just does hand signals and And none of them understand what he's saying. But they'll still continue to ask him questions, and not even like yes or no questions. Like, complicated like, the answers would be complicated with, like you can't just wave your hands around unless you're actually doing sign language. And if you don't understand sign language, then you're not gonna get anything. So like, these people are not even making any effort to like really communicate with him in any meaningful way. And then we get a montage of them enjoying the boat. Dad bods galore here. I'd fit Fucking right in. They go swimming, eat lunch on the boat. After a while, Duke pulls up beside the boat and he asks them to go back to the marina due to some trouble. And he tells Hoskins, the boat driver, to take them back in and he'll meet him at the bar later for drinks. Madge asks, like, what kind of danger is out there? Duke responds, it's confidential. And then either, like, Coop or Skip say, like, oh, well, can we finish our lunch first and then go in? And Duke's like, yeah, just make it fast. If you're that concerned about something in the water, or something hurting people near the water, don't tell them to just like, oh yeah, just make it fast. No, go in now. Leave now. Go in and then you'll be safe. But no, like, oh yeah, no, fucking take your time. Make it quick, but take your time. Back with our mad scientist, Klaus, we see him throwing guts into a pool with a shark fin sticking out, and we see Sharkenstein chowing down. Nom, 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 Klaus says they need to do one more experiment and push their device to the limit. He releases Sharkenstein and puts in his computer... 50 kilometer test range. And back with fucking Duke, he finds the fisherman's feet on the dock and asks where the rest of the body is. The other fisherman there says, probably in the water. Duke doesn't believe it because he couldn't have just broken in half and fallen into the water. Duke is fucking stupid. You are like, you shouldn't be in charge of anything. You should not be an authority figure of any sort in any way, shape or form. The fisherman says, those are shark bites, and Duke says, everyone's so ready to blame the sharks, but none have been seen in the cove or even nearby. And I'm like, okay, I understand, like, maybe you don't think a shark necessarily did it for some reason. I don't know, a pair of feet on the dock, like, with the fishing pole there, like, it just seems obvious to me, but again, Duke's a fucking idiot. I guess you could say Duke's a bit of a hazard. Ow! He says it's time to move this investigation underwater, and he radios dispatch to send the divers in. On a beach, we see a team of divers going into the water, and then we go underwater with some wonderful stock footage as the divers search around for something. I don't even know if they know what they're looking for. They're just kind of looking in the water to figure out what's going on. I mean... At least come up with some sort of plan. Like, okay, we're gonna go and look for you know see if there's any sharks here or if there's something else down here. Now they're just like, yeah, let's go poke around a bit. Shark and sign takes out one of the divers and then takes the rest out one by one, somehow without the other divers noticing, even though they're like pretty close together, within meters of each other, and they're screaming and like I'm pretty sure they have radios on too. But anyways. Klaus tells the shark to go 10 kilometers north and kill, kill my friend. We cut to some more stock footage on the beach and I swear this is the same shot and girl from Cocaine Shark at the end. And also from the very uh, very beginning of this movie. And she goes into the water and after reusing the same shots four or five times, Sharkenstein finally gets her and Klaus tells him to come back and to spare nothing in its path. Imagine the gang are in the boat and something hits the boat. Coop tells Hoskins to get them back to the harbor, but the boat won't start, and Hoskins thinks it's the propeller. He reaches into the water and starts repairing it. Skip and Coop decide to swim to a nearby island while the boat is being fixed. These two just wanted to go back to the harbor after something hit their boat from underwater, and now they're like, let's go in the water and go to this island. Wee. Ugh, fucking white people, man, I tell ya. And then Madge hesitates and then decides to get into the water as well. Idiots. All, all three of you. Idiots. As Madge is swimming, Sharkenstein brushes up against her foot. Skip and Coop just brush it off and they get on the island. So Sharkenstein just ignored her for some reason after Klaus said like spare nothing in your path. And yet he doesn't attack the boat or like the three people in the water. I guess for plot reason. Like, I don't know. It just is nonsense. There's no reason for any of this. It's, uh, I feel like I go through this with every Polonia brothers movie. I look into the plot too much and then I get mad and frustrated, even though I really enjoyed the movie, but then I talk about it. But anyways, it's nonsense. Okay. Is it this whole movie is nonsense, but it's at the same time, like it's kind of a beautiful nonsense. The three of them then get dressed. I guess they somehow brought their clothes with them and decide to explore the island. Hoskins continues to work on the boat as Scharkenstein hits the boat. He looks over the side and Scharkenstein jumps over the boat and then swims away. Again, perfect opportunity to kill. Spare nothing in your path. Yet, he's just choosing not to kill these four people. I mean, I guess otherwise it would be a short movie because he would have run out of cast members. I, I don't know. Madge and the boys find a no trespassing sign on the island and the boys decide to continue anyways despite Madge saying it's a bad idea. These two are the geniuses of bad ideas and somehow Madge still hangs out with them. Like they have to be all friends or something because she's not dating these two. She mentioned her boyfriend earlier. So for some reason she still hangs out with these two but they're complete fucking idiots. They're so stupid. They come across the uh, fucking clip art stitched together lab and decide to investigate. Back at the mainland, we see beach clothes signs on all the beaches. Duke finds an arm on the beach and he radios dispatch to keep the signs going every 50 feet on the beach. And then he asks if Hoskins has returned. And the dispatcher says she isn't sure. So Duke tells her to check the log. She says, just a minute. Like she sounds so fucking annoyed at the fact she has to actually do something for her job. Uh, I think this part frustrates me because I've had to talk to so many like like different receptionists and customer service people over the last few whiles. And like you ask them a simple question and then they just get mad and frustrated. And it's like, OK, if I could have found the answer to this anywhere, I wouldn't be talking to you unless I absolutely had to, because I don't want to talk to people on the phone, especially these kinds of people, because they're fucking miserable. It bumps me out. And then I'm just like, oh, I don't want to talk to you anymore. Like, just give me somebody else. And then she tells him that Hoskins hasn't made it back there yet. And then we go back to Madge and the boys as they enter the lab, and Madge says someone still lives there, and she points to a bong. Scherkenstein enters a gate under the lab and rocks the lab a bit. Madge asks what that was, and one of them says, sounds like an iron gate closing. I have a very hard time believing either one of them would be smart enough to, or hear it well enough, to know exactly what was happening. I highly doubt both of Coop and Skip's fucking skills in this matter. Coop finds an experimental tank, and they all see a quick glimpse of Sharkenstein, and then it jumps out of the water quickly, and they see it fully now, and they say, something weird is going on there. And then Klaus pops up behind them and says, very true, and we see he's there holding a gun on them. Duke gets a boat, and he heads out to find Hoskins, and he keeps radioing him, telling him to send him a signal that he's okay. Klaus takes Madge and the boys back to his lab, and asks, like, what they're doing there, Skip introduces everyone and that their boat broke down. Like, why are you telling them all your fucking names? Make up names, at least. Like, don't give them your real names. Like, what are you doing? Klaus says he may need a few extra hands, and if they cooperate, he will set them free. And Klaus says he's a man of his word. Yeah, because the German Nazi neo, neo-Nazi scientist is definitely somebody who can be trusted. Absolutely. Skip then asks what he's working on, and Klaus says it's a specially created shark made up of Great White, Hammerhead, and all kinds of other sharks, and he's stitched it together with his own hands. Wow, good for you, Klaus. You want a fucking gold star? Coop asks what the great experiment is. Klaus shows them the brain and heart of the monster Frankenstein, and it started during World War II, and then the FBI heard of some scientists doing experiments without approval. I don't know why we're talking about the FBI now, when very clearly, at the beginning of the movie, it was like the German SS soldiers stealing... uh, I don't know. I don't know. It doesn't make any fucking sense. And then, so the plan was to use these experiments to create a race of creatures that were unstoppable and would help them win the war. Madge points out that the war is over, and Germany lost pretty fucking bad. Yeah, fucking newsflash, Klaus. Hitler's dead. Fucking Nazis are dead. Um, yeah, you ain't got much of a foot to stand on there, boy. Klaus tells her the experiments still continued, and that there are factions that have combined forces to create the weapon, and they will start a new war. Madge calls it Sharkenstein. Like, just straight up names it Sharkenstein. Klaus then tells them they have the brains of other top figures, and once they perfect the shark experiments, they will continue with the human transplants. So, taking the human brains and putting them into these indestructible creatures, I guess. Sharks. I don't know. Madge asks if they have Hitler's brain preserved, and Klaus says yes, and he wants them to help him put the monster's brain and heart into the shark creature. So somewhere in this universe, Hitler's brain and heart, or maybe just his brain, is preserved somewhere. Could we maybe get a sharkenstein too, like the revenge of Hitler or something like that? Back with Duke, he's out on the water searching for Hoskins, and a storm starts rolling in. Klaus sees the lightning and says, it's time, and they start working. They take the shark brain out and put the monster brain in and do the same thing with the heart. Duke is still out on the water as rain pours down and moves to the back of the boat for cover. He's like, he's scared of rain or something. He's like, oh, there is rain. Can't do anything else on the water. I might get fucking wet. Like, what are you doing? You're concerned about these missing people and like some rain comes and you're like, oh, no, I don't want to get all wet. And we see Hoskins still working on his boat. He puts a fucking poncho on so he's like still out in the rain because I guess he's not as big of a pussy as fucking Duke is. Klaus starts hooking up jumper cables to the shark and starts shocking it. And then he says, It's alive! It's alive! And they need to move it into a tank. So they take this shark and move it into a tank. And they kind of just show them, like, rolling it in. But, like, again, it's just the puppet composited on. It's like two or three people just lifted this shark with no problem into this tank. Like, I know it wasn't very big, but I kind of doubt that these people would have been able to manually lift this shark and put it into a tank. Like, I just, I have my fucking doubts. Klaus puts them into a room at gunpoint and tells them to stay put. Coop says they need to find a way out of there because he's probably going to kill them after seeing his crazy-ass plan. Oh, no, you think? Well, what, you you think the Nazi's going to go back on his word of letting you leave alive after you just help him put uh, Frankenstein's brain and heart into a shark? Oh, yeah, no, because they're super trustworthy guys. Like, he's just going to let you go right home. He'll probably even fucking drive you there, give you some mints on the way. Yeah, it'll be a great time idiots duke finally comes out from under the cover now that the rain has stopped klaus talks to the shark and tells it to obey and it starts to listen klaus tells the shark to find the boat nearby and sink it hoskins continues to work on the boat when it gets knocked by the shark it rams it once or twice more and the boat fucking explodes klaus tells the shark he's getting too much unwanted attention and needs to obey him and then suddenly the shark is back in the tank and Klaus starts shocking the water with, like, a cow prod or something, and the shark jumps up and bites Klaus and kills him. Like, I'm not entirely sure what he thought was going to happen. Like, you put this indestructible brain and heart into a shark, and then you try to control it, and it's like, um, no, fuck you. Like, what, what did you think was going to happen, Klaus? What did you think was going to happen? Ah, uh, I swear, Nazi scientists are some of the dumbest fucking scientists out there. That's just facts. The shark starts breaking some support beams to topple the structure over. Madge and the boys feel this and try to escape the room. The building topples over, I guess, and now they're in the water. I say this because it's a lot of close-up shots and noises, and I don't really know what's happening. Piecing this together, he knocked the fucking thing over. Somehow they escaped, and so now they're all swimming in the water. Skip is eaten by the shark as Madge swims back to shore. They're also somehow back in their swimsuits until they're pulled up into Duke's boat and they're completely dry. It's amazing. They went from being in swimsuits in the water to being fully clothed coming out of the water and somehow still dry. Amazing. It's like their fucking clothes are made out of the same material those Vessi shoes are made out of. Fucking water just rolls right off. Duke asks what that was and Madge says, Sharkenstein. And she explains what it is, and Coop says they need to get out of there. Duke starts driving the boat away, and by driving, I mean he's turning the steering wheel while the boat sits still. Like, we can see the background not moving, so they're not moving, but we're... I believe we're meant to believe that they are driving which i don't understand like we've seen plenty of other shots of them driving this boat around so i don't know why this one they couldn't be driving i don't understand it duke says he's going to get back to land and coop says great idea and they argue back and forth as Sharkenstein continues to follow them they reach the dock and get off the boat and then madge asks like what is it doing and Sharkenstein flops onto the dock duke says not to worry it can't live out of water lightning starts striking the monster. And Madge says, oh, that's bad news. The monster starts to mutate and walk on the dock. Duke finds a fucking torch on the dock, lights it, and says, it should be afraid of fire, especially Frankenstein. And Coop corrects him, Sharkenstein. And Duke's like, okay, yeah, whatever. Which, yeah, it doesn't fucking matter in this moment. But also, why was there just a torch on the dock? I'm talking like an old, like, fire torch. Like, not a flashlight not like just a fucking stick you light on fire and it's a fucking torch why in the modern day world was there just a torch there it doesn't make any sense scherkenstein dives back into the water and duke says they need to follow and kill it madge agrees and coop says he's going to leave and that madge is only doing it because duke said she was cute and she's like well yeah anyways duke tells them to do whatever they want and walks away Madge says they have a duty to stop it. Fucking why? Why do you have a duty to stop it? I mean, I guess technically because you helped create this thing, but I kind of feel like the scientist was just going to do that anyway, so, like, you don't really have a duty to stop it. It's not really your place. You could get in your car and go home. You could just fucking leave. Everything would probably be fine. Actually, I shouldn't say that, because Duke is the only one going after this fucking thing, and he's not too fucking bright, so... I, I guess Madge does have to step in. Somebody has to. Oh, God. We get a shark inside POV as he approaches a herd of cows, and a lady farmer tells it to put her cow down and shoots at the shark. Duke gets some uh, backstory on the shark from Madge, as Duke follows the fin trail. Yep, Duke is tracking this shark on land by tracking its fin trail. Now, as you guys know, I am not a marine biologist, not even really an amateur scientist, but... If you're tracking something on land, and it has fucking feet, would you not be following fucking foot tracks in a, a fin trail? Are you fucking kidding? No, just no. You're not following a fin trail, you're following footsteps. Coop is walking through the woods as Sharkenstein watches. It creeps up behind Coop, and we see blood hit some trees, and see a hand fall to the ground, and he is dead. Imagine Duke hear the scream and go to find Coop. They come across the farmer and she's gathered a posse to go and hunt this shark down. Duke says an angry mob is nothing to mess with, so they go the other way. Like, this dude is supposed to be an authority figure. I'm pretty sure he's carrying a fucking gun with him. And he's just like, oh, man, people doing something wrong. This isn't any of my business. Reminds me of half the fucking cops in this city. Jesus. Now we're at a photo shoot with an older woman, Bonnie Boom Boom, an aging adult star. And she's getting testy with her photographer. And Sharkenstein shows up and just ruins everything. Bonnie says to Sharkenstein, he's probably not interested in an autograph. And it kills her. That is kind of one thing I like about the Polonia brothers is that we just get these random ass scenes where people die and it has like no impact on anything. And it's just like, why is there a porn, like an aging porn star in the woods doing a photo shoot? Although actually this sounds, I, now that I'm remembering, Landshark had a very similar scene. There was like a photo shoot. I don't remember if the girl was like an aging porn star, but yeah, it's kind of a similar thing. Interesting. Duke and Madge continue their search. Madge wonders if the creature will return to water, and Duke says no, its human side is taking over, and it's a constant battle, and nobody wins. How the fuck does Duke know this? He can barely patrol a harbor yet now he's a fucking biologist no like you're you don't know what you're talking about. you're just spouting nonsense. This kind of reminds me of that scene in uh, Prometheus, you know the Ridley Scott alien prequel where, like, Idris Elba just comes into the room and is like, yeah, this was a military installation and it was used for what... It's like, how do you know this? You're just, like, dumping a bunch of information on us when, like, there's no possible way you could know this. It is complete fucking nonsense. Madge says it has the creature's brain and heart and it's indestructible, and then she gives us some history on Frankenstein and names all of the universal horror Frankenstein movies and then names all of the Hammer Frankenstein films. I don't know why we needed that, um, uh, but we got it. She can name all the movies. Oh boy, she's an expert because she can name all the movies. Duke says there's a building filled with munitions and that maybe it could kill the monster. He says he'll let the mob draw the monster out and then lure it to the building. What a terrible fucking cop or Harbor Patrol or whatever he is. God damn it. Some of the members of the posse say they'll take the corpse when this is over and take it on tour and be rich. And then one by one, Sharkenstein takes them out using the tall grass as cover as we just see his shark fin like swimming around swimming. What? a shark fin sticking out of the grass. I don't really know how to describe that, but yeah, the rest of the posse see him start shooting at him as it walks away and the posse chases after it. Duke and Madge reach the old lighthouse that should be filled with munitions. They enter and find a box of dynamite. So like when they said filled with munitions, what they really meant was there like maybe some dynamite in there and they found a box they found a box of old dynamite, so they have to be careful with it, because I don't know if you know this about old dynamite, but it tends to leak, like, nitroglycerin, and then becomes very unstable, and then it blows up, and that doesn't happen in this movie. Somehow they manage to not blow themselves up, which I have a very hard time believing. Duke says they'll wire it together, place it in various places around the lighthouse, lure the creature in, and then set it off. They wrap and wire the dynamite, set it around the house, and Duke says he knows how to lure the creature there as they leave. Duke cuts his arm, saying if there's one thing sharks can't resist, it's fresh blood. Which, again, not uh, I'm not even gonna, whatever, I don't care. Madge says she could have saved him the trouble because she's on her period. <laughs> the posse finds Sharkenstein and starts shooting him again. Duke and Madge spot him and the angry mob coming their way. Duke tells Madge to hide out in the woods and don't go near the lighthouse. So she takes cover as Duke waits for Sharkenstein. He shows up and Duke runs into the house as the Shark and Stein follows. Duke runs around the house trying to escape the shark. The posse arrive at the house and set the house on fire. Madge comes from the woods and tells the farmer that Duke is in there. She yells at the house and tells Duke to get out. We see Duke fighting the shark with flames around them. And he tells them to shoot the explosive. But Madge says, no, you'll be killed. Duke says it's too late for him and just start shooting. So the posse starts shooting and then they're like, oh my God, take cover. And then there's an explosion from the house as it continues to burn. So they somehow knew that an explosion was coming, like right before it happened. Maybe they're one of them psychic. Maybe there's a psychic farmer here. What a twist. Madge says, it's not over. The brain and heart of the Frankenstein monster can never be destroyed. And she goes back to the dock, all sad because everyone's dead. She sits down on a chair at the end of the dock. And the music feels so out of place, like this whole walk down the dock and like sitting in the chair. It was like really upbeat for what was supposed to be happening. Um, But yeah, anyways, a different Sharkenstein jumps out of the water and we roll credits. Oh, yeah, but you didn't see that one coming. I as far as I can tell, this was like a Sharkenstein a uh, water creature, not a land walking creature. So it's not even the same creature, as far as I can tell. And roll credits. That that was that's all a Sharkenstein. That is the movie Sharkenstein. Holy fuck. Like what a wild ride any Polonia Brothers movie is. And like I know I make fun of it and I know I point out a lot of dumb shit, but like at the end of the day, they're just so much fun, but like they're so much fun because they're so stupid. Like there's it's just so much nonsense. Like you're the whole time you're watching, you're just like, what is happening? What is happening? I feel like I need a shirt that says that whenever I watch a Polonia Brothers movie. It's just like, what is happening? Because I don't know. Uh as far as poster expectations go. Yeah, even though there weren't fighter jets and surfing bikini babes, I'm still a happy camper. And this is one I could watch more frequently than some others. Like, just because it's pure nonsense. It's, just, it's pure fun. Like, I just had a blast with it. I mean, I would rather watch this one twice, you know, other than The Black Demon, From the Depths. Like, those movies, there's no way I could do another. I mean, I could watch them again, but I need more time. This one, I don't need, like, as much time In between viewings, is what I'll say. Sharkenstein concludes our Spooky Sharktober run. But have no fear, people. There will be more episodes coming in November. Retro November. So I'm going to kick it old school with some movies that predate Jaws. uh, Some movies that came out right around the same time or shortly after. So... I hope you guys are looking forward to that because I know I am. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. And there's definitely going to be one or two movies in there that are going to be a surprise to some people that maybe they've never even heard of or don't know about. So I'm definitely looking forward to that. That is it for me this week. That was Sharkenstein from 2016. As always, you can follow me on all the social medias. That's Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, Slasher, at Bucket of Chum Podcast. Check out bucket Podcast dot com for more information. And We have a Patreon, patreon.com forward slash Bucket of Chum. There's a lot of great things coming out there. As a part of Retro November, I will be reviewing the episode of Happy Days where Fonzie jumps the shark. And we're going to talk more about, you know, the term jump the shark in television and even give some examples of jumping the shark in television. So head on over for that and I will see you guys next time for a brand new episode of Bucket of Chum. Are you crafty? Do you care about the environment? Then you should check out Crafty Star Studio. Owned and operated by Lisa Gorman, Crafty Star sells products that have the planet in mind. The products are made from materials that are reused, compostable, or recyclable. Go to craftystarstudio.ca and check out the amazing selection of products today and support a small business that supports saving the planet.